Good morning, evening, and afternoon. Hello. Why don't you hit us with that sweet professional intro you've been getting so good at? Oh, all right. Something along the lines of welcome back to JK Moto Podcast, your one-stop shop for all of your motorcycle podcasting needs. Brought to you by Working Class Customs, custom motorcycle, not motorcycle, custom fabrication shop out of northern Utah. And you can uh, ask Mr. Cole there for anything else you would like to know. This awesome. week with special guests, we've, we're bringing Lugnut back. Anthony, a.k.a. Lugnut Norton, is coming back to the show. We'll bring him on here in a little bit, so... Yeah, because we gotta we gotta talk about the MotoGP race. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have a confession to make after the intro here, and uh, then we're gonna talk about some CVMA coming up. Yeah, and I would like to apologize. It is uh, that type type of year, so if you hear some sniffles and coughs and whatever it might be, well, <laughs> you know what type of year it is. And also, quick uh, shout out to all of our. Listeners, followers, subscribers, whoever you might be, uh, we appreciate you guys. We just hit 400 subscribers on YouTube. So if you're listening to this on something other than YouTube, we do have a YouTube channel. Uh, we put not just the podcast on there. There's some other good motorcycle content on there. So make sure you go hop over, Working Class Customs on YouTube. Check that out. Um, and if you're listening and maybe you got a weekend free or something like that and you want to watch the show, you can always watch. We're not a show per se, but there's a little bit more if you watch than just listening. So yeah, yeah. I have dirty hands again. Yeah. We'll get into that in a little bit. So should we roll the intro? Roll the intro. All right. Yesterday at one point I was unfit. Oh man! Oh man! Sure. How's it going, man? I have missed you. Missed you too, man. Whoa! With the fancy hat and everything, huh? You got to earn these ones. These are the these are the nice ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've been Dunlop gear, the CVMA gear. He's prepared. I'm trying to make y'all look as professional as possible for this YouTube version. Um, That's what's up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here in a plain black t-shirt. It's your show. You're allowed to do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Hold Our on, guests on, just on, have to look hold official. On, hold on. Hold on. You do you want your damn sweatshirt right now? I can just kick him out whenever. I think you just kicked me off. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> kick him off. He's wearing a Harley's sweatshirt. Jesus Christ. Hey, Harley's have feelings too. I can never do this. Am I pointing? Okay, I got to point opposite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You was Maybe. Now. Cole, I don't know. Easton, yeah. Cole, Easton. You're doing good. You're doing good. You got it. Hey, um, so, so we are live. I, I want to ask you about that hat real quick, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, I have noticed an increasing amount of people wearing the like Dunlop with the nice little like leafy deal. Yeah. Which I thought you won that hat if you win or at least take a podium in a race that is sponsored by Dunlop or running Dunlop tires. So it maybe used to be that way. Okay. I forget what they call those leaflet things, but now it's actually these ones. My hair is a mess. So these are your hats. Okay. And I think, uh, in Europe, they're yellow with black. And in the States, it's black with yellow. 
but okay. you'll see this. I'm pretty sure Moto America is the same ones too. Interesting. Okay, so the leafy thing is not necessarily a marketing because I've been like, you know, I used to see him on people and I'd be like, oh man, okay, that guy's won a race or two. Like that's cool. You know, props, yeah. props to you. Gave some respect, and then I just started seeing everyone wearing them, and I was like, hmm, okay. You got some false valor issues. Well, right? you know, it's just one thing to show up to a track day not claiming to be anybody. It's another thing to show up in something that maybe you bought thinking it would look cool, but it means something more than that, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. They're handing, I mean, they have these black and white ones they're handing out. I'm super particular about hats, so I don't just wear any hats. Right. So I was at uh, Spring Mountain the other day, and mm-hmm. the Dunlop guy went to hand me one of them black and white ones, and I was like, uh-uh, I'm not putting that on. <laughs> it just fits weird, right? And so I, uh, I got one though. So I went over there and I put this one on. So I ran this one. And I got one that's all sweated out that I wear around the track too. So this is the uh, going out looking nice one, and then you got the sweated out one, and you know they rotate through as you earn more. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Good deal. Well, yes, sir. Here we go. What here's what's on the agenda for today? So. Motorcycle motorcycles but first we're gonna we're gonna ask easton to do a nice introduction for you for those that haven't seen you on here before oh yeah where are my manners at yeah where uh, are your manners everyone give a get you know give a hand and a shout out to our good friend anthony aka Lugnut norton all-time motorcycle crazy racer guy that <laughs> is Something else out on the racetrack. Uh, you can ask just about anybody that's ridden or raced with this guy. And I think um, I would say that he definitely does a little more than just holding his own. He's out there to prove some things. Uh, maybe a little late in life for it, but you're never too late. In the words of him, drink water, go faster. Drink water, go faster. Always trying to crack me with an old joke, hey, bud? Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I didn't hear any old joke in there. I don't yeah, know what you're talking about. Late- Late start, but you know what? I'll give him hell for at least a few more years. <laughs> right. So, so before we we definitely want to talk about CVMA with you today. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some. You can what, say personal. Personal uh, questions. Well, they're not personal, but uh, you can say they can they can be personal. It's okay to have feelings, Cole. Eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. Really. She's somehow. Like- somehow. I will bring a tape measure to the track next time and make you prove that. Eleven and a half. What? Don't worry sure. about it. Don't worry about it. You uh, <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah. Sure. Millimeters. <laughs> but first, before we get into all that, you had to, you had a chance to watch the MotoGP race today. I did actually. I was up till three o'clock in the morning, and I almost watched it last night, but I figured I'd save it for coffee this morning. Same. But, same. Yeah. I did the same. I did watch it last night. I actually watched it live. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I was close. Like, I was awake when they did the grid walk, and then I was like, well, uh, we're, me and Stacy are watching a movie, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'll watch it after, and then I decided to sleep was a better idea, so. So, I watched, I watched Moto3 last night, Moto2 last night, and then decided to save the race, the GP <laughs> race, but last week, our friend Easton gave me a bunch of crap, a bunch of guff, because he said... Me? I can't sit there and say that every race, you must watch this race. It's the greatest race of all time, right? Uh, yeah, I yeah. did say that because you've been saying that. This was not the greatest race. <laughs> it definitely wasn't. <laughs> yeah, what, what, was, what say you guys? It was entertaining, like the first few laps. Like Stace, she was on Facebook or something this morning. And she was like, 
Uh, I heard the race isn't very good. I was like, well, I'll waste 40 minutes of my life watching it anyways. But um, the first five laps up to, you know, we're okay because, you know, we're really highlighting that championship battle between Jorge and Paco, right? right. And they, they kind of rubbed some paint, so it was cool. Uh, and after that, everything stretched out. And then some of the best action was going on, like, I think, fifth through tenth. Yeah. And they weren't showing it, of course. Yep. So that kind of sucked. But, uh, you know, it's racing sometimes, you know, like you, you have those races where it gets stretched out and then you have those ones where you can't freaking sit down. So this is just one of those that was not so exciting, but I'll watch it. I'll watch it every single lap, every single time. Cause that's just how I do. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I definitely thought, um, I thought it was going to, you know, cause it got stretched out and I thought it was going to squeeze back together towards the end. I figured everyone was just kind of waiting, you know, the longer races. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not longer, but now that we have the sprints, they're the longer ones. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, it just kind of kept stretching and stretching and at the end of it, I was like, all right, well, that was a race. So I do wonder, it would be interesting to go back. We've, we've mentioned this before. I'm sure you've heard, but you know, if you could choose your own camera, if you could just pick the camera that was on that fifth through 10th battle, I wonder if there was a lot more action there that we were missing because, I mean, there seemed to be, there was some position swapping. I think, uh, I can't remember if it was, I think Bez finished fifth and then, uh, Fabio sixth. Right. But Bez stayed right there, but the guys just behind him were swapping spots. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty wild. Uh, but they, we didn't see it. I'm just watching out scoring. Right. So, but you know, what I thought I was, thought would be cool is they have like all the onboard cameras, uh, mm-hmm. just like, like interactive right like so i could choose i want to watch an onboard from bez or i want to watch an onboard from fabio and i i could watch that as i wanted to right like that would be some neat technology so if moto gp's listening or you know moto america's got a long way to go to catch up with <laughs> just they gotta have bit. more than two cameras they gotta have a camera yeah. on the bike period yeah 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 they gotta remember there's more than two people in the race so um yeah. but i always thought that'd be cool like even even from club racing, like the technology is getting close enough now where you could nearly stream live to like Facebook or YouTube right. and have some decent quality and like be able to like show the race live to your friends. Like if you guys weren't there and you wanted to watch me racing at CBMA, I could have a GoPro, whatever, 7600 and put it on the front of the bike. Hero. It's a Hero 7600. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. I, I thought I would be the zero edition, but that's the mm. story. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, know, like, it would be cool if they did something like that because then at least, like, some people, they just want to see the guy win, right? Like, but for us racers, you know, we know that it's intense from first to 25th. It doesn't matter. Like, everybody's out there doing the same thing, and some guys have their days, and other guys not so much. But, yeah. Yeah, I would argue, even maybe not live, but open it up afterward right like when you go back in to watch the race on the app or wherever you're watching it mm-hmm. you know if you're paying for their streaming service and everything else give me all the cameras which that's yeah. i mean that's a lot of if you look at it from a technology standpoint that's a lot of data to have available i think that's Definitely. the biggest issue but yeah. that would be sweet that would be super cool like I'd, I'd love to go back through and be like this guy was cool i want to just watch his race the entire time or even if you look at it from a racing standpoint possibly if you're racing on any of uh, any of the tracks that they're on, might give you a little bit more insight to oh, yeah. how they're riding. Yeah, for sure, for sure. There's actually some cool uh, videos. Like, 
Onboard helps a lot. Like I post onboard videos on YouTube. And if you've never been to a track, it's going to help you a little bit. It definitely helps you after you've been to the track, right? Like when you see it in real time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I tried to use a couple onboards from like Moto America that I found at, I think one was Barber, if I remember correctly. And I think it was Cam Bobier when he was still on the attack bike. And, uh, and then back and it's like, that is Give me, give me a second. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that, that's Easton. Yeah. <sighs> All mine bite and don't bark. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, I didn't think you had a bunch of big, big, uh-huh. uh, hairy animals. No, you see, I got this guy, right? How's it there? That's Jack Miller hanging out on his tree. Yeah, those were mine. Sorry. <laughs> you made That's me right. kind of thought. Neighbor, neighbor dog decided to bark, so my dog said, whoa, there's a dog somewhere <laughs> in the world. Better let it, the world know. So. That's funny. It's like the all dogs go to heaven mo- movie where like one dog barks and then like every dog around the world starts barking. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that, but that's pretty good. It's before your time. It's for us old people. Ah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, that's the issue. (laughs) Uh so I didn't actually watch Moto Two or Moto Three, but Acosta won the championship, which was pretty much expected. He was pretty much done. Um, I was bummed that I'm kinda pulling for Martin, Jorge Martin to win the championship. I felt like over the last month or two, he's definitely been the top rider on the grid. You know, like Agreed. nobody had much for him. Uh, today was a little bit different story. Um, you know, Anaya out of nowhere, right? Great for him. I think he did well there last year. And then Alex, like he won the sprint race and then P2 in the main race. So that's pretty rad. So, yeah, it was, yeah. It was good to see that from Bastianini. Oh, yeah. I felt kind of bad for him, for him. As far as Jorge Martin, you know, you know where my stance is on Jorge, and yeah. uh, it's not because I love Peco by any means, but with Jorge, it had to start coming back to reality at some point. I mean, my hell, he's won the last five sprint races. Yeah, something like that. He's had some very successful whole weekends over the past month or so. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it takes, man. Like I will say, um, Bagnaya kind of been surprising me last week and this week. There's been some times that he's been out there not roboting as much as I'm used to. Um, it's been kind of refreshing to see yeah. the top guy on the top Ducati do some things that we haven't seen the Ducati do before. Because he, he passed Martin on the outside today. That's what I'm saying. It was like that Did that I- move specifically. I was watching it. I was like, okay. All right, maybe they he can make this bike do some stuff. Yeah. And then trading paint, too. Like, he was not letting go of that spot. Pekka wasn't. So that was uh, – that that's that part was exciting. I wish that could have went on the whole damn race. That would have been pretty rad. Yeah. But, How about that? Uh, the food tray on Saturday on the sprint? You guys see oh, that? Oh, yeah. I saw that, too. I saw that, too. You know, in NASCAR, they would actually tape up the grills and stuff like that for, you know, more aero or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're like, the announcer's like, I wonder if that's hurting or helping him. Is that what's causing him to fall off? And I was like, no. Like, that was, yeah. I mean, so, you know, when they when they talk about a wing coming off, someone breaks a wing off or fairing on one side or something like that, maybe. 
right? Yeah, I can I can believe it to a degree uh, with how much Arrow is a is a picture in MotoGP today, but a food tray. So the bike. along those yeah. lines, what do you guys think about? So if you watch NFL, I mean, I don't know who here would, but if if you watch sports like that, they have certain teams, whether it's, whether it's NBA, whether it's NFL, that they seem to protect or certain players that they really protect uh, when they're talking. They're very careful not to say anything negative. If the, if the writer, the player's having a hard time, they try to make all the excuses in the world for them. And it seems that there's a lot of protection around Pecco. And I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a world champion, so you can't go run in your mouth too much. You know what I mean? But they do that even in Moto America with some riders, you know, like, and I, I haven't noticed it or it hasn't been so bad that it bothered me, but there's some people who are offended by, I guess you can call it favoritism a little bit in uh, the announcing uh, even the officiating sometimes, but you know, I'm, I'm, we're not really seeing that in Moto America, if you ask me, or Moto GP, if you ask me. But you know, there's certain guys that they tend to bag on sometimes. Right. And I feel really bad about them. Like, you know, you think about anybody out there in Moto GP. I don't care who it is. I mean, Alvaro Bautista is a world champion in World Superbike, and he couldn't finish top twenty, right? Yeah. This weekend, they so bagged on him a little. Yeah, <laughs> they could have, and it wouldn't hurt my feelings much. But at the same time, he's kind of a weirdo. But he, he's a beast on a motorcycle. Like, there's nobody out there that you can talk shit about. Like, not one of them sucks, right? Like, they're all amazing. Yeah. Now, I, I know you like to keep your professional credentials and everything, but uh, I I can say something about Joanne Mir. I I can bag on that guy. He crashes every single time he touches a motorcycle. You know what's funny is this weekend. What do they say? Between Team HRC, 50 crashes on mm-hmm. the season. 27 for Mark and 23 for Joan. But I get the feeling, so the difference between Mark and Joanne Mir to me, though, is when Mark crashes, he's out there doing something stupid or pushing the bike farther than it should or, you know, tries doing some crazy pass and crashes. Joanne Mir, and maybe that's going back to the camera thing, maybe it's just because we don't get to see him. It's just always Joe Amir crashed out of 20th spot. Well, if you're just driving around in 20th, why are you crashing? I I mean, I feel the same way. It's like I would be embarrassed if I crashed in a track day or if I was out there doing, you know, three seconds off my lap times or whatever. But, you know, I I don't know. That bike has been troublesome, right? And still the bike is probably most developed for Mark. So, you know. But if you know it's troublesome, what are you hoping to achieve out there? Why are you? I, I, I think he's just trying to survive and it's that freaking hard, honestly. Cause like <laughs> it, even the, even what is the, is it LRC, right? Honda, mm-hmm. LCR, Honda, yeah, whatever. LCR. Yeah. So even those bikes, I mean, they hit the deck all the freaking time too. I think Honda collectively probably has more crashes than all the other manufacturers combined for the season. I wouldn't doubt that to be a fact. I'd like to fact check. Yeah, you, you argue why almost sounds like you're arguing why even ride, you know, Alex Renz did that. Yeah, he's gone. Well, Alex Renz was the, <laughs> probably had the most success as of recent on the Honda until he got hurt. You know, like yeah. I thought that if anybody was going to make it work, it would be him on the LCR bike, honestly. And well, you know, I'm bummed for him. I like Alex. He really did. Do. He did win Coda. So I mean, the argument yeah. could the argument could be made that he did make it work. But was that this year? That was mm-hmm. this year, right? Yeah, he won Coda, and the then he he had the big injury, but. Mm-hmm. 
if you guys didn't see, he actually went and had an, an additional surgery is why he's not on the bike again. Good. Oh, he gets to take care of him. Yeah. He's going to Yamaha, right? Correct. Factory. Okay, cool. taking, he's taking so Morbidelli's spot. A bit of him and Fabio. You. So let's. Uh, about that. Hold on one second. All right, go ahead. It'll come back to me. I was just going to say. We should pick on Easton a little bit about. My opinion mm. keeps changing about old golden underwear. <laughs> and that, that deal he had going, trying to follow Morbidelli, since you brought Morbidelli up. Dude. That's what I was going to yeah. It's too yeah. much. It's too much, yeah. Easton. It's too much. I know. Honestly, every- I'm not going to pick on Easton about it, but like the announcers made it brought up a good point during qualifying or whenever it was where they're talking about qualifying. And they're like, hey, look, like, you know, if somebody makes it that obvious that they don't want to get followed, you know, like they're just going to like cancel the lap on the guy following. And I'm like, that would be great because, and I get it, like sometimes it's nice to catch a toe. But to be that like ridiculous on track about not like not even riding because someone's behind you or because you're behind someone and playing those stupid games, like, dude, just go run a lap, man. You know, like it's it's annoying as a fan to watch it. It's like, hey, I wanna watch you guys get out there and like do what you do best. And I understand that they gotta like Mark's having trouble with the bike and it's probably easier to gauge if he's rolling behind someone. Uh but nonetheless, like either have that conversation ahead of time. Like I've had that at club races when we're qualifying. Like, Hey, you know, like, can I follow you for a lap? I don't, don't worry about me being back there. I'm not going to hang on or maybe I will, but I'm going to go out behind you if you're okay with that. So there's ways to do it without like being annoying. And it's getting to the point where it's almost dangerous. Like I seen, I think it was Martin and somebody was behind him and he jacked on the brakes and they almost rear ended him, you know? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. dude, like this is getting ridiculous. They should definitely do something about that because it's, it's almost unsportsmanlike, and like it, it's kind of a bad image, if you ask me. It's like, get out there and ride the damn bike. I agree. It's funny for a minute, but it gets to be just too much. Did Did you guys see what Jack had to say to him? Mm-mm. You guys nope. catch that? It was on it was on social media somewhere, but uh, they ride around on that stupid trailer to wave to the fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> when they were on the trailer, Jack said, hey, Mark. Mark Mark's standing halfway down the trailer or whatever. He's like, Mark. Mark looks at him and he goes, why did you do that to Morbidelli? He goes, he obviously didn't want you following. Why did you do that? And Mark made this, was trying to like show what Morbidelli was doing. I don't know. You guys seen he was like pointing at the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's he made some comment like he was telling me to follow him like a dog. And so I did, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not what he was saying. Yeah, obviously. Mark knows that. Right. I know that. Morbidelli knows that. Yeah, he's playing stupid. But it's almost like uh, what do you call it? Like um, when Jack did the the whole like pay me thing, like Jack's taxi service or whatever. When he's like pay me for your tow, that was funny. But Jack was like, and that's part of what I like about Jack. He's like, I don't give a shit. Follow me, man. Whatever. Like I'm going. You can keep up. Keep up. Right. But, uh, you know, I don't know. The whole thing's gotten a little ridiculous. I'm kind of burnt out on that whole game. Like, I ne- I personally, as a rider, never do that. It's like, I want to go out there and just, I want to put my head down with some clear track and put down the best lap that I can. And hopefully everybody else is kind of do, doing the same thing. And we'll file into where we need to be, you know. And come race time, all that shit's out the window anyways. I mean, I get it. MotoGP, like, everybody's so freaking close that 
having you know a second row start versus a third row start is definitely advantageous. But it is. You know, Did you catch uh, old Jarvis saying that he said something along the lines of "We will not have the Ducati's pace. That's just too much to ask." No, I didn't hear that. No. So they were doing an interview with uh, Jarv- Lynn Jarvis, the head of Yamaha at the moment. They're like, you know, how's your weekend going? Just the classic pre-race interview and they're like so what do you think your chances are he's like well we did okay in qualifying uh we've built the bike up we've got better this and better that but we're still lacking here and i think it's uh it's i don't remember the exact word but it doesn't make any sense to ask us to run a ducati race pace so we really need to figure out our uh qualifying and i it was just kind of interesting to hear him like it was a, one of the first times that i've heard someone just no, this is actually exactly where we are. Not beating around in anything, not being like, oh, you know, we got to figure some stuff out, but we're doing our best. He just said, we figured some things out. We obviously have more because we're not there yet, but this is what's wrong and this is what you can expect. And it's too much to expect us to follow and keep up with Ducati during the race. So if we don't figure out qualifying, we're not going to make it. And it was just super cut, like clear to cut to the point. And I like that. You know, and they actually had a decent race today. I think they went six eight or five seven or something weird like that. It was that. fifth in the race. So Fabio five, Morbidelli seven, so that put Bez at six. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. I mean Morbidelli too, right? Like we kind of expect Fabio to be doing something like that, even though they're struggling, but Morbidelli up to seventh is good. So yep. Yeah, the bike is definitely, I mean, you can watch them on the straight with the Ducati. They have figured something out. From what I heard, it was mostly acceleration that they're lacking. So if they don't take their corners perfectly, then they're left in the dust. But if they can figure yeah. out the line, then they're okay. So, And that track is, is I don't want to say swoopy, but it kind of seems to me like it'd be a slightly advantageous to the, the Yamaha. You know, mm-hmm. I know it's got some downsides, but... And also, I don't know if you guys noticed, but most of the tracks are like 130s, 140s, right? Like these lap times were two minutes. It was yeah, really it, was, it was a long race. It was, it was a 40 yeah. minute race. Yeah, and yeah. only 20 They usually miles. are. I think they try to time them to where they end up being that long. But, you know, notice like some of the tracks recently have been 28, 26, 28 laps. Uh, this one was only 20, you know, big, long, big, long track. It's pretty wild. I didn't really pay attention to that. Like after riding Moto America this season, all the lap times, yeah. All the lap times of all the tracks that we were going to were like, except for Road America, which I missed, but like they're a minute and a half. And I love that. That's nice quick laps, right? They're more laps when the track's shorter. Um, but most of the tracks I'm used to riding, we're talking about like minute 40s and stuff like that, 145s and up. So it's kind of a breath of fresh air. I like the short laps. There's a track in Vegas, that, uh, not the one that you guys have ridden or you have ridden. Have you ridden Vegas, Houston? I have not. Okay. Not the one you've ridden cold, but uh, the Wera configuration is like a shorter version. And so they don't race here anymore, but it was a, like, I think I did a 116.9. Like, that's crazy. Like, on a practice, like in a 15 minute session, you can do 12, 13 laps in a 15 right. minute session. That's pretty rad. That's yeah. pretty good. So you, yeah. you, you said you do prefer the shorter ones then? I do, yeah. Like, <laughs> the long tracks are cool, you know, whatever. Like, Coda was a super long lap, right? And a lot of turns, but like, I don't know. Like I, I like hitting, I like the shorter laps where you can hit more corners, you know, like uh, you get to see the track more times consecutively. I feel like it comes together a little faster sometimes that way too. So. Okay. Yeah. So better, better for, especially for you where you're, you know, in your Moto America career, you're seeing things for the first, maybe second time, but yeah. a lot of the tracks, it's your first time out there. So it helps you learn yeah. it a lot quicker. Exactly. Well, next year I was looking at the calendar, uh, five rounds for stock 1000. 
New Jersey is the only one I haven't been to. Mm-hmm. So four out of five tracks, at least I've seen before. Uh, all of them only once, but you know, at least I've been there before, as opposed to trying to learn something new every time I showed up this year. So yeah, Barber, the Ridge, Laguna, Brainerd, Brainerd, and New Jersey. So it's hey, a fun schedule. I got I got so, one last I got one last MotoGP question before we get into the because we got to talk some Moto America, but. And I don't mean to keep bringing up golden underwear, Easton. Okay. He's got a thing for it, Easton. Yeah, that's that's what it really is. He actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I never said anything about underwear until you did, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of announcers catering to certain people. Oh, that happens a lot. Yeah, that's where the golden underwear comment comes from. But um, who's taking his seat? Oh, dude, I don't know. Dude, there is Luca Marini. That's the newest this weekend. Yeah. Honestly, like I was like, there's no way that's gonna happen. And then uh the talk keeps happening. I'm like, whoa, maybe it will, you know? And even more surprising to me than that, like uh the announcers made a good point talking about it today, uh, uh during the race or after. <laughs> Cause they were talking about how he's a smart guy and he likes the development side of things and everything. I'm like, well, you know, like maybe, maybe he's looking forward to the challenge or whatever, but even more shocking if they do that, they're talking about Furman Aldiger getting the Ducati ride. And I'm like, Whoa, like 18 year old kid. He hasn't won a championship in Moto2 or anything like that, you know, but he's definitely showing some talent. So that's pretty wild. What a lucky break for a guy like that. There's a lot of guys in Moto too, like Tony Arbolino, like he was second in the championship this year. He kind of fell apart late in the year, but you know, there's right. no talk to him either. So, you know, there there's there's still some weird stuff to come. Shuffling seats for Ducati, right? Like who's gonna have the factory seat, you know, uh now Morbidelli is going over there. Uh he's taking what's his name? Zork Zarko's seat, right? Yep. Yeah, so there's still there's still a lot going on in that Honda thing. I think like nobody's really jumping at the bit for that. So I know G Antonio wants it because he needs something. Mm-hmm. So of course he'll take it. But that was the talk for a minute, and then that's went away. Zarco, the rumor was they approached him and said, "Forget LCR, let's move you right up to Repsol." And he said, "No, I don't want it because he's got a two year deal with LCR." Mm-hmm. so he'll just stay where he's at um like you guys said the rumor this weekend was luca marini but yeah. there's also another rumor flying around that they backed a truck up to pedro to try to steal him from ktm hmm. interesting and that didn't yeah that didn't yeah <laughs> i don't i don't think so but that's an awful honda thing to do right Right now they're desperate. I mean, I feel like they're talking to everybody. I, I forget they mentioned somebody else, or maybe it was when they first mentioned Marini, and I was I laughed. I was like, "Yeah, right. Like, why would you do that?" You know. The big uh, the thing to pay attention to, I think, is how long that contract's going to be. Will it only be one year? I think and, that's what a lot of people's turnoff is, right? Yeah. Yeah. But so, if someone if someone could convince them, like, "Hey, yeah, we'll do it," but you're giving me a two year because that would throw everything. But. Mirrors is only one more year because the, the fear for everyone, I think, is that, and this is purely opinion based, but I think people, a lot of people are speculating that Mark's going to go spend one year at Ducati, hope that Honda figures their stuff out, and then come right back to Honda once they have a bike for him. 
whether or not Mark would do that, whether or not Honda, you know, who knows? Okay, but there's hold, a lot of hold on. Whether or not Mark would do that, and for me again, that's unsportsmanlike, right? I don't want to so, say I don't want to say nothing bad about Luca. I got no quarrels with the guy, you know, of course. But I, I mentioned last week. Obviously, he's got a guardian angel on his shoulder a little bit. We just mm-hmm. have to be real. And the fact that he's got to sit there on that bike, not showing much results. He's got to ride in MotoGP longer than anybody to have no results. But he's finally starting. He's finally starting to have results. The guy's he's coming around. He's pretty good. He's on a great bike and whatever. But in my opinion, I don't know. I don't. I don't mean to keep going back to football. But sometimes you you mentioned earlier, Anthony. You mentioned earlier that uh, everybody there has a lot of talent. Like armchair quarterbacks, we can sit there and say this guy sucks or that guy sucks. But obviously, they're all mm-hmm. better than any of us, right? Most yeah. of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Easton got their number. We get you racing, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but the thing is, sometimes I think in the, whichever sport you're talking about, they don't have enough time to develop. Like if somebody comes in and has one bad year, Remy Gardner, he comes in, yeah. only gets one year and gets kicked to world Superbike. So do I think that Remy Gardner in the right situation couldn't, win MotoGP races? I think he could if it's the right situation, but sometimes you don't get that chance. So the only thing I'm saying about Luca is he's got that opportunity more than a lot of people get the opportunity. He's got it over yeah. and over again. I think, I think he's done well. I mean, he's done better than a lot of other folks, even the whole time he's been there, like on average, like if you look at his average finish or whatever, it's probably close to top 10, which that's not bad. You know, he's not winning championships, but He's had some good rounds, some pole positions. I'm pretty sure he's had a few of those. And- yeah, but those are all those are all like recent with the Mooney. So, I mean, if you mm-hmm. look at the if if you look at the start of his career, I think there was multiple chances for him to just be out of the sport or you know World Superbike or something like that. But the Guardian Angel, in my opinion, has kind of kept him in there, and he's got Is that more. Rossi? Yeah, he's got. Yeah, because they're related. Yeah. That's his half brother. Weird Italian stuff. So, so, and, and I'm not blaming that because you know, I, I know I'd help my brother out in certain cases, and I'm sure he'd do the same for me. So I, I don't have a problem with that happening, but I think he's got so much seat time that he's actually starting to really get it he's, with all those opportunities. So, but to throw Luca on a Repsol. A one-year deal, let's say, it's probably. Gonna, I mean, he'd have to hope his brother took him back. Well, it would it would destroy anybody, honestly. Maybe maybe not, but that's what everyone's seeing, right? You put so, you put Alex Rins and John Muir over there, which are both very talented riders. They did very well on a Suzuki. Juan Muir had a championship. Alex Rins was always known for playing around and going kind of nuts, maybe dumping it in second place in the second last lap here and there, but. Beyond that, you know, very talented guys. Um, you could even look at Paul Espargaro. I don't, you know, I don't know exactly where he sat before, but it wasn't terrible. And everyone's like, "Yeah, it'll be so good to have him back on a back on a KTM because he really just had a terrible two years." You could even look at Alex Marquez and argue that for him. I know, you know, we've got our, our own opinions of all these different people. 
you look at anyone that's gone over to Honda in the years the market's been there, no one's been able to ride that bike. And so they come out looking not as good as maybe yeah. they actually are. I think, I really think that you're right. And I think that with Mark leaving, I mean, when Mark was gone, they just were waiting for him to come back, right? Like injured or whatever. But with Mark leaving, I think, I think it's an opportunity, you know? So like Honda, I know it's different with production bikes, but they just released uh, a, an edited version of the pirate bike. Yeah, they get and bigger so, wings. Bigger wings. And then uh, <laughs> they actually moved the engine in the chassis. Which I didn't know that, that part. I haven't actually looked into it yet. Huge. But. That's a big, big change, right? And so they've been struggling at World Superbike. And they've been going fast. They just haven't been putting up results. Uh, so there's a lot of chatter on the production bike side of things. But if they're putting that type of money and time into the production bikes, then they're definitely still worried about their race program, right? So yeah. they're definitely going to try and do what they can for, you know, MotoGP. Because that was kind of the concerning thing is like, if they're not putting in the effort into the race program anymore and they're just kind of riding it out, you know, what can we really expect? It's kind of like Suzuki. They just pulled the plug, but, you know. Yep. We'll, we'll see, man. I'm excited to see what next year brings with uh, with some fresh blood on the Honda and see how that goes. Because right now, who's so Mir's still under contract, right? Correct. Okay, so it'll be Mir who, I don't know. I've never been a huge fan of that guy. Um, so it'll be Mir and whoever whoever ends up ends up landing there. I'm sure Mir's probably going to do a lot of the same no matter what they do with the bike. He's not going to be anything special. So, well, I, I agree with you, but that's what a lot of people are saying is, Oh, they still got Mir. They still got a world champion. So Mark's gone. No matter who they put on the other bike, Joanne Mir by himself without the pressure of Mark in the other side. I'm like, no, man. He crashes from 20th every week. Yeah. I mean, maybe the bike's unrideable, but like, I just, I, I, I mean, he had a good year when he won the championship and he's had a few sessions. A, a consistent year. It was a good year. I'll take it. Like even me, like the guys I race with, you know, I can't always beat some of these guys. They're way more talented than I might be, you know. But if I'm right on their heels every round and they make one mistake, that's all it takes, you know. Right. But of course you want to beat them, right? And at that level you expect people to win races. And Mir just has never really done that. So All right. Yeah. What what Go you ahead. got? I was, gonna move this, I was gonna move this to Moto America because I got some comments, questions, concerns. CV, CV, man, you keep saying no, Moto, Moto America. America. Okay, oh, all right, all right, all right. We gotta, we gotta take a quick pit stop at Moto America. Okay, we we'll talk about you. Did you see Kayla Yakov got the uh, one of those Ducatis? Yeah. Interesting, because they weren't gonna announce. Yep. Did you see who the other rider was? PJ. PJ really? Jacobson. Really? Yeah. On the Ray Hall bikes, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's PJ Jacobson and Kaylee Yakov. Uh -huh. So, yeah. So, they have said, they have said that their aspirations are to do one year in that class and then at least field one superbike. I believe it. And they said, <laughs> well, they said before they announced who the riders were, they mm -hmm. said that they had a rider in mind for that already. And so That's now. Be PJ. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been, it was officially announced. Uh, the press release was launched. It was PJ and Caleb. And then, you know, who's helping with that program, right? Ben Spees. Mm -hmm. So 
that's it's it's kind of cool. Ty was just mentioning something about it, and you know, I I made a joking comment, of course, but honestly, like it's uh, I'm excited about that. That's going to be an interesting team, and it's cool to see some like satellite teams get involved, right? For Ducati, right? So, um, kind of well, that that's something we can segue into CVMA at one point because. We're going to have to see – now there's a lot more people getting involved with the next-gen stuff. Um, it's going to change the club scene a lot too. So Agreed. Yeah. So the other thing about – the other thing about Moto America is Tyler's, Tyler's cycle. Mm-hmm. They're doing testing right now. I just saw that actually like 30 minutes ago. P, uh, what's his name? Sorry. Drew a blank. Uh, JD Beach. JD Beach was doing testing. Yeah. Does that mean that mean they're there? Honestly, what I heard was Tyler's was out. I heard they were going. That's what we all heard. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I've heard too. But that was great. That's great news. If they're if they're gonna, I'm run. hoping. I'm hoping. What I like, I'd love to see JD back on a full time superbike ride. Like I really, I really like that guy. Uh, he's an animal. And he's been doing this a long time and he's good at all disciplines. He's just like one of those guys that'll ride anything fast. So that's really cool. Kind of like a Mesa or whatever. Um, so I'd love to see JD and Cambobier back on Tyler Superbikes since we know PJ has gone and Corey announced that he's not riding for Tyler's this season. So uh, yeah, that, that would be neat, but it's kind of all hush hush. Well, even like last year, uh, Tyler's didn't even announce their program really until like last minute. You know, they were like, everybody knew they were involved, but to what level, right? And who was going to be riding and everything. So it was, uh, they just got a weird thing of doing, a weird way of doing things, I guess. Well, the sport's been, I feel like the sport's been ratcheting up in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And yep. that, that was kind of a step back in my mind to have them leave. So it's all positives for me if they put more bikes on the grid. You yeah. Know, unfortunately. There's a ton of politics, right? And and something we we're talking about riders going different places and having opportunities or being stuck on a bike too long or somebody not getting a, an opportunity. Uh politics in this sport are just like any other, man. Like it's 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 a whole thing. Like we could have we could have a whole couple hour chat just on that alone, you know. Uh and that's what a lot of these big teams, I mean, I, I heard some figures which blew my mind. I could not believe it, but even a Moto America season, I mean, just think that these teams might be spending five or six million dollars for ten race rounds in the United States. Yep. They're not traveling overseas, right? That is absolutely insane. Yeah, quick <laughs> quick break. So if you're listening and your friends don't watch or listen or whatever to Moto America, get them on it because they need our support. <laughs> absolutely. That's what's and- that's what's insane to me is that it it's so small feeling, but there is still so much money there. There's a ton. Um, like the amount of people that know what Moto America is. I'm lucky if I go to a motorcycle related event. Not track days are a little different, but like something other than a track day, motorcycle related event with people when they know anything about Moto America. You're even honestly you're lucky to, that they know anything about Moto GP. So honestly, uh I'm selling the Ducati. Stacy and I are selling her Ducati. And there's a few people that have recently reached out about it. If anybody wants to be 4S, by the way, got one for sale, it's clean. Uh, <laughs> but um, the last couple people who hit me up about it, I brought up Josh Heron, and none of them knew. And I'm like, really? 
I mean, he's not new. And, you know, like, even in social media, even if you took the Moto America thing out of the equation, like, he's a pretty well-known motorcycle rider. It's like, right, yeah. people, a lot of people who ride kind of go off in their own little world. But uh, Moto America, their numbers went up this year. MotoGP numbers went up this year. Like, uh, racing is on the rise. Like, financially speaking, fan base speaking. So, you know, I'm hoping we continue this trend. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully. <laughs> Agreed. Well, anything- Anything else about Moto America there? That's all I've got for Moto America. All right, well, what's that lizard on your shirt? That's a Chuck Walla. Literally a Chuck Walla. Is that what that actually means? Like, yes, yes. It, it does. <laughs> okay. All right. Look I didn't know that. You, you, know have that. Your, you have your internet right there, right? I do. I sure do. Chuck I'll, Walla. I'll, all you have to do is try finding Chuck Walla, and that's the first thing that comes up. Yeah. What is a Chuck Walla? We almost have a Chuck Walla. We have a bearded dragon. Matic Taxo Box. What? Huh. All right. Yeah. No, definitely uh, lizards found primarily in the arid regions of the southwestern United States and northern Mexico. All right. Yeah, I didn't know that. That makes so much more sense now. You know what's funny is like I don't think I've ever seen a Chuck Walla at Chuck Walla. That's kind of sad. They should have like... They should at least have one, like as a pet, you know. Yeah, you can buy them in reptile stores and stuff too. I get excited every time I see one. But. So, you have no so idea speaking, what your name means. Speaking <laughs> of wildlife, as we start to move this conversation to Chuckwalla, uh, Joel Moto, I think it was, was posting pictures of a, a snake in the parking lot, a tarantula in the parking lot. Oh yeah, uh, a scorpion in the parking lot. Yeah, Joel Omen, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of critters out there. They have these little white foxes. They're literally like this big. They're tiny. And I've only seen a couple of them at night, but they're kind of cute looking. And then uh, we've seen some snakes. And then there's a, a stork, Henry. He hangs out at the track. Nice. We'll see. Probably yeah. eating Chuck Wallace. Mm, maybe. Uh, <laughs> the Chuck Walla itself looked pretty big. They're pretty robust. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's quite I mean, stork size. They're de- they're defenseless, really. Like they're not, you know, poor little guys. But <laughs> so, uh, your friend Fuzzy Moto posted a picture of some critters. Also, uh, Mike Fuzzy Fuzzy Fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. He, he, um, he posted a he picture. Did, of oh huh? yeah, there's some like weird bugs or whatever, right? He posted that was yeah. in his garage. That was in his garage. <laughs> so does that mean? Does that mean at some point I might have to like fumigate a certain engine? No, because that's in his shop. Well, I'm just saying I don't. I don't want those things to find a home and you know start to populate or anything in my neighborhood. They won't. They were scary. Yeah, there's some weird potato bug things. I've only seen a couple of them. They're freaky. They're prehistoric, man. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's go into CVMA. So round two is coming up next weekend. So people will be watching this on Wednesday. You'll probably be real Chomping at the bit. You'll be what? Chomping at the bit. Chomping right, at the we'll, bit? We'll be right there, yeah. Ready to rock? You'll be, you'll be on your way down already. No, man. I can't make this one. <laughs> I know, I heard. You said on the last show you'd be there in December. I was like, damn it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the December fifteenth one. 
So what do you got? What do you got to look forward there? What was the turnout before? What are you expecting this time? Oh, one of everything. So the first round, uh, you know, it's funny because Utah is the same way, right? But the first round, the last round can be a little short on attendance. But man, we had we had some huge grids. I think some people got a little turned off by the open bike shootout. Uh, you know, it's hard to justify spending extra money and extra tires, knowing that you know there's a few guys that are going really really fast. But, you know, I kind of talked to everybody out of that. I was like, hey, you're only going to get better if you join in. So this, the shootouts are the premier races, right? And CVMA has a big purse. So if you're kind of fast and you got a white plate and you want to go race for some money, CVMA is where it's at. Uh, they're giving three grand to win the open shootout, which is a heck of a lot for a club race, right? That right. is a lot. And they pay down the fifth. And I think it's two grand in the 600s, but they also pay for middleweights and twins. So you have four different shootouts that are paying classes. Huh. Uh, but now they have other sponsorships too. So you've got Apex Assassins, the sponsors, the Formula Open class, uh, Rider Gear, Super Sport Open, um, the California Super Bike School has a sponsorship for the highest point scoring. Uh, rookie expert this season and so as the season's going on we're adopting more sponsors as well they just announced another sponsor i'm sorry i can't remember who it is at the moment but there's another class sponsor that came in and all these class sponsors are divvying up a little bit of cash you know uh and knowing what we know about racing it ain't cheap like we said earlier maybe we're not spending six million dollars but you know most of us are racing off of paychecks. We earn Monday through Friday. So every hey, be, little bit. Be careful. I, that's what I've been turning in on my taxes. I, I won't, I'm not saying you. I'm saying me. <laughs> yeah. It definitely costs $6 million. Yep. I can almost and I don't make that. any money. <laughs> yeah, I think it was either last year, last year and the year before that. I made all right money, you know, like with the contingency and especially the CVMA purse money, like, you know, you, if you win all six or seven rounds, I mean, that's 20 grand shootout money. That's not bad, right? Right. Uh, that, that is not bad for club racing where I think I, I, I can't speak for it, but I never imagined there was actually any money to be made. Now, I don't you know, know if that's enough to pay for what you're spending in tires alone, maybe, but that's why he drives the brand bike he drives. Yeah, that's fair. Parts that's are cheap. Part, part of the reason. No, because they have contingencies and every other. That's the main reason. Yeah, every other company better get with it. Yeah, I mean, BMW has contingency. There's just a more expensive program all around. Uh, but they do have some good contingency. I think Kawasaki is just a little bit more consistent. So, like, Kawasaki, like, I go to Utah, there's times I'd show up there and make three grand in contingency alone. You know? So, that's not bad. Uh, even it, the way I justified it is even if I spent three grand and then I made three grand back, it's free seat time. It's, it's right. free practice and, you know, it's fun. And obviously I do it anyways. So that's definitely a factor. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of that, like I, I was talking to USBA and uh, obviously I know CVMA's programs or whatever. And every calendar year, the manufacturers release new contingency information. So Waiting to hear what BMW has to offer, but everybody keeps asking Lugnut what he's doing next season. And you know, right now it's like waiting on a team green or going to a new BMW. And I'm testing a BMW maybe for myself this coming Friday. So we'll see. But all right, all right, all right. you heard it here first. We still yeah. don't know anything, but 
I, Maybe. No, not. <laughs> but there's options. Yeah. Well, I'll give you guys the exclusive releases as they come around. <laughs> I like it. Good then deal. we could be like Blood Brothers. Right. What, the Beamer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BMW. <laughs> such a great bike. They're going yeah, to MotoGP. Honestly, all these other things. Yeah. They are going to MotoGP. You know what sucks, though? is and, and this is the only reason why I'm considering, because the electronic package on the BMW is far better than anything else on the stock 1000 grid. You know? But the difference in price is the electronics BMW, the, the BMW electronics package is $12,000, which I can get the KRT for Kawasaki race package for three or whatever, you know, yeah, like, right. it's a huge difference and it's not, it's not quite fair. I mean, it's in the rules, but you know, whatever, whatever, you know, I like the Cali. I, I rode, I ride it pretty fast thing, you know, so might stick with that, but. Um, oh, you're fine. I'm, I'm not judging you. Just looking, just looking for more. More, more family. I'm gonna yeah. ride what I ride. You're gonna ride what you ride. Oh and... my goodness, family! <laughs> here we go. Family. You're gonna start corona sounding like there? freaking Fast and Furious over here. I say, you need, you need a Corona or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ride a BMW. Uh, back to, back to CVMA, right? Back to so, CVMA. Sidebar. This is always fun chatting with you guys, so we never get very far very fast. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, so yeah, so the round one was I don't know the turnout, but probably 150 to 160 ish riders, right? And CVMA being held in the winter, you know, if you're in Utah, if you're in Colorado, Canada, New York, anywhere else in the country, people are coming from, right? Um, they're coming out to California to CVMA because there's nowhere else really like competitively racing currently. Uh, a so it's a great place to go practice and run. Chuck Wall is a fun track, right? It's fast. It's flowing. There's 17 corners. We're getting around it. You know, I think last round I was a 145.1. So it's like 93 mile an hour average over 17 corners. Pretty fast. That's pretty um, I got to take a note. 145, you said? Point one. <laughs> Fucking point one, dude. <laughs> I was so pissed. 44 has been the goal and I was so damn close, but we won't, we won't go there. It was a very eventful round one for me. So I'm still, I'm still fixing scratch. Still Anyways, on the, on the recovery phase. Was that? Yeah. Yeah. What is so, that thing in your hand? I'm doing calculations. Yeah. With what? What, what do you call the thing where you slide the little dots? It's a calculator, man. <laughs> I don't have an abacus. You need I got you need reading glasses or something. That's freaking that's solar powered, man. So I was doing some math because uh these are some of the questions I have for you. All right. If, if I may. So as a guy that unfortunately can't make it with you this weekend, I fully anticipate seeing you mid December. Mm -hmm. I have some questions about the, the format. You you know what the USBA format is. Yeah, help me out. You always tell me how easy it is there, but as I look at it, Easton, I don't know if you've looked at this, but I haven't. Step one, I don't know the track that well, so of course I want to do the track day before. But in looking at that, the track day is split between you step in and correct me anytime, but it has A and B plus, uh, B minus and C. It's two different groups with Apex mm -hmm. Assassins on the Friday before. So go I'll, I'll go ahead and step in real quick. Yeah. So Dunlop racers edge, 
they actually host a Thursday track day. So if you or anyone is able to have Thursday off and interested in riding with a less packed track day, yeah, Thursday's an neat. opportunity. Racers Edge. Oh, Racers Edge. They're the Dunlop uh, provider for the West half of the United States. Okay. So if Dunlop's anywhere, they're coming from Racers Edge. They're based out of Vegas here. I'll grab a, I'm just making sure I catch that for links down below. Yeah, of course. Thank you for that mm-hmm. as well. Dale will appreciate that. Um, so Racers Edge, uh, they have their Dunlop distributor and they host a Thursday track day. Uh, cool thing about that is Dale, uh, you know, he's a humble dude, but he, he's, he was a badass and he's still really fast and he does a track walk in the mornings on Thursday morning and that's how they start the day out. So if you're able to make it, it's pretty cool. You get to go and, uh, walk around with Dale, ask questions, see the track firsthand before you get out and ride. He also has coaching available. And then on Friday, um, Apex Assassins and CVMA split the day, right? So if you sign up to race, there's limited spots, excuse me, there's limited spots for CVMA racing uh, practice, and that's a fast group and a not as fast group, we'll put it that way. Uh, And then Apex Assassins has the other two spots for a B plus, as you put it, and B minus C group. And so there's four groups. And you guys were just at the massacre and they did four groups at 20 minute sessions. Mm-hmm. So it's the same idea on Friday. Gotcha. It's actually not that, it's not that hard, you know, to, to stay up with or whatever. So I'll have Ethan text me before I'm supposed to go out. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll be or, the schedule keeper all day. I print a schedule for apex assassins for that, by the way. So it's, it's easy to keep track of. Do I get to but, park by you? Yes. If you don't. Why did it take you so long to answer that? That's offensive. Because uh, it's not my choice. So, because of this. Are you big timing me right now? No, I'm forced to do certain things. I have a spot, and so do some other people. But I got you covered. Man. You got. I got you a spot right, right, right in front of me. So you're good. Okay. I got okay, you. That's, that's that's fair enough. I feel like I got a little bit big time, but not at all. <laughs> it's rules it's rules i didn't make uh, so yeah it's so professional it's down there no it's because i'm a slave i do all the tech <laughs> i do tech inspection for cvma obviously you see the shirt here i'm a tech inspector. in the pit i seen i do in pit tech and i do our regular tech and then we actually have a park for may for post qualifying post shootouts to make sure everybody's playing by the rules since we're offering up a big chunk of change so uh you'll see me and a few other familiar faces doing doing that and make sure your bike's good because otherwise i'm gonna burn it to the ground all right really oh okay. <laughs> all right big, big time me again <laughs> that time i did yeah uh, hey my so, bike's you may if your <laughs> you bike's know, not up to code it gets burnt to the ground i'm yeah, not a rule breaker you know that nice like it's you know but here's the deal like so round two we're gonna have 200 motorcycles right like Seriously, like we we give you every chance in the world to have your stuff right, but like we need everybody to be on top of it for us to be efficient and get everybody taken care of in a timely manner, right? Yeah, so, yeah, but I get like I got this week I got five questions because there's a bunch of people coming from Utah for this November round, and right. all these guys know me and they're reaching out like, how do I do this? How do I do that? I'm like, sit down, I have a bunch of pictures of my own bike saved, and I'm like, do this and do that, like make it look like this, and you'll be good. So. Well, tell them to watch this podcast because we're going to go through it a little bit. 
Well, we're going to share this on CVMA as well. So there's going to be some eyes on this one for the upcoming round. So speaking of which, we'll go into that. You know, you got your Thursday and your Friday. Uh, this round, I think racer groups sold out. So if you're going to ride, you got to ride with Apex. And by Wednesday, we might be sold out as well. So sorry if you're just now seeing this, but you should have done do that a lot. Sold out? Yeah. Well, especially CVMA. I mean, like I said, there's 200 motorcycle racers going out there. So if you're looking to ride the track day, you really got to be on your toes. And then racers are known procrastinators anyways. So, you know, it's just definitely sold well, out. Busy. I am not a procrastinator. I'm going to sign up for the December one as soon as we get done recording this. As soon as that's you answer some of my questions. Yes. So <laughs> that's Thursday, Friday. And then this round, uh, we have every round we have qualifying. So Saturday morning, you'll have two 10 minute sessions, very similar to USBA. They're both going to be qualifying sessions, but unlike USBA, you're qualifying for all of your races. So whatever you can lay down in your qualifying sessions will determine your good positions for the weekend. And then they have a full schedule of racing, probably 16 races or so on Saturday. And then Saturday night, uh, we typically, I, I try to help with this a lot of times if I have time, but we try to put together some sort of organized event for the club. So this Saturday we'll be doing uh, 619 knee draggers. Randy is doing a barbecue. We're going to have like a little Friendsgiving kind of thing. Watch the MotoGP sprint races. And then we're going to do fireworks. So it's always something fun at CVMA besides just the racing. Like we're definitely one big family. So, uh, yeah, should be good. And then Sunday, Sunday is money race day. So Sunday you get a, a, a quick practice session straight into racing and then shootouts are kind of in the middle of the day. Um, start spin out after that. Cause it's a long day of racing as well, but yeah, that's the breakdown of the weekend. Okay. So a guy that, you know, has all the time and money in the world. Me. Well, that's, that came out wrong. The, <laughs> that came right. out wrong. <laughs> what, what I mean is, so I should plan to be there on your recommendation. So it's one thing I noticed, one of my questions, clockwise, counterclockwise. So mm -hmm. sounds like it'll be clockwise. Yeah. Mid-December, mine. Oh, I'm yes, yes, yes. Worry about me. Yeah. So I should of come course, and do... Of course, over there always worried about himself. I'm only worried about myself here. So clockwise in mid-December. So I should come do the Racer's Edge on yeah. Thursday. Then I should do the regular CVMA track day. Yep, practice. And then race Saturday and Sunday. Yep. So... You told me this is the easiest thing in the world and you rattled off what I should do. And I still, when I look at the website, I'm a little confused. What races do I race? You know me. What what do I race? You're going to race Formula 60. Formula 60? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. That was oh, good. God. Fist bump for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's, so. that's such <laughs> for those of you that don't race. Note, the Formula 60. Yeah, so Formula 40, uh, there's a Formula 40 both days. Formula 40 Open is your race. And then you'll be able to race Amateur Super Sport Open and Amateur Formula Open and Femwala. 
No more fist bumps for that one, Easton. And, and I heard I heard the commentation in the back. Thank you very much. Hey, you gotta be careful with those ones these days. So, hey, you can say whatever you want to be. It's all right. We're all threatening. We're all all of us are threatening to uh, what do you call identify as a woman for one round and just go out there and hold down the fort and film all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Set some lap records and then they never yeah. get beat. No offense to anybody listening. I'm just kidding. Whatever. Uh, yeah, no, it's lap pretty, pretty yeah. It's like a the last yeah, I don't know. Any, anyone racing that could definitely outride me. So I'm not. The, <laughs> the last thing I would want to do is race Femwalla. The last thing I would want to do. And that's you because I know for a fact there's some people that could beat me in that group. You know, you know Mal Dobbs, right? Yeah. I heard you mention her name. She holds a lap record now. I think it's a 49. So that's flying on a 600. So some of those girls are not are not a joke. Actually, all of them are not a joke. Most of them are pretty fast. Some of them got to be a joke. I don't know, man. There's yeah. jokes everywhere. So Formula Formula 60, Amateur yep. Super Sport Open. What was the yep. third one? Amateur Formula Open. And how do you – and you have to sign up? For the people listening that might be coming from USBA, you have to sign up for each individual race? Yes. So USBA is one fee, race everything you can, which I kind of hate that. But uh, we are not that way. So registration for CVMA is a $50 registration fee. First race is like 70 bucks, And every race after that goes down in price, if I remember correctly. So that's kind of how it works for us. So, so the more you race, the more you save. Yeah, but yeah. you're still spending more. Kind of <laughs> on everything. <laughs> on everything but tires, like, right? Honestly, like, what is it to race uh, USBA? It's like two two ninety if you. It's three hundred bucks. It's two ninety okay. if you do it ahead of time. So I think it was only three hundred bucks for me to register for my races. That's not bad. So it's about the same price, you know. And in my opinion, it's a more. It's definitely. God, I gotta be careful. Um, CVMA is—I don't want to say it's a more professional organization, but it's—it's it's ran a little bit more like you would see in like the big leagues, right? Like the qualifying for every class and uh, very structured. You know, it's—it's it's, uh, and when you roll into the paddock, like. You see the M4 Suzuki truck, you see the Titler's truck, you see Wrench Motorcycles and Dave Anthony, right? Like there's, it's, it's, it's cool, man. It's a cool experience, right? And it's a good. And the Long Beach BMW guys, don't leave them out intentionally. Who? I don't know. Some Long Beach BMW guys. Oh, that's Jeff. He's one of our Apex assassins. So yeah, he's there uh, with us. I'm just trying to stick the BMW. Oh, he gets a parking spot. Yeah, because he also has one of these shirts. Right? Uh, Backwards. Yeah. You just get to get one of the shirts. He's my so Jeff is my next door neighbor for CVMA weekends. You're gonna be you're gonna be our neighbor as well. So don't okay. no, then then in that case you have to get a BMW. Me? Yeah. I have always been the black sheep. I don't know if so, you can say that. I have. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't don't get me started, dude. Don't get me started. 
I'm the last person you want to take down that road. Oh, anyway. <laughs> we don't uh, need the editor working overtime. Editor. All right. Um, CVMA. So what, what I think – what type of people do you see out there? Which I'm not – the weird way to word that, I guess, but uh, it's, besides it's Keanu of, Reeves, is what he's asking. No, but it's one of the yeah. few places in America that you can race motorcycles in the winter. Correct. Mm-hmm. So how many how many big time guys are out there throwing down? Quite a few. Uh, round around, quite a few. I mean, you guys know I rode the Altus bike this year, so mm-hmm. they knew of me because they came and tested. They they come test every year for a round or two, typically. See me. So teams like that will be there. M4, uh, some of their guys have raced with us, but some of they do testing out there. Uh, Attack isn't going to race there, but they sometimes do testing there. Um, let's see. I mean, I, there's tons of privateers that show up, and there's definitely some factory efforts that come by and do testing or racing at CVMA. So you never know who you're going to see. Uh, you know, Joe Roberts he shows up during the wintertime sometimes and he'll do some riding. He's not racing necessarily, but we've had Sean Dylan Kelly show up and race on his moto two bike before he went to Europe and mm-hmm. Richie Escalante race 600. That was the most impressive thing I've ever seen. I think is riding, watching Richie ride the 600 around that track, but it's pretty neat, man. You just, you just never know. Uh, so it's always exciting, you know, going into the race weekend for somebody who's racing against those guys. And I do a pretty good job of holding my own at, at Chuck Walla. Uh, I'm always like, man, who am I going to have to grid up with this time? You know? And so my <laughs> first, my first expert race at Chuck Walla, which is a couple years ago, uh, I looked forward on the grid, <clears throat> Chad Lewin, Wyatt Ferris, Andrew Lee, uh, Tony Elias, um, Dave Anthony, Bradley Ward. I mean, Michael Gilbert, the list goes on. <laughs> I was right, like, yeah. I don't belong here, you know, (laughs) pretty, pretty pretty wild. So again, you just never know. And, and it's cool, man. Like it's club racing, but we, we take it very seriously from the green flag to the checkered flag and, and everybody's friends in the paddock. And it's, it's a fun, it's a fun time. So taking a a step out of the, out of the club racing and out of CVMA and and whatever, Chuck Walla as a, as a racetrack, Mm -hmm. your favorite, No, just really good. Like what is it just because of where it is and that's just happened to be the spot or is there something about it that everyone it's unique. Okay. You know, it is unique. Uh, and because of that, like some of the big teams aren't really keen on testing there th- uh, thoroughly because there's a lot of things that it doesn't offer them mm-hmm. uh, as far as testing is concerned. Like I said earlier, it's very fast. It's very flowy. I mean, we've been, we've both been there. Yeah. So we've I'd, seen the track. Yeah. But I think, location is definitely a factor right on its success because you race there all winter long and nobody else has anything else going on now contradictory in the summer it's 130 degrees out there nobody's racing you know (laughs) i think they have cars sometimes but you know well for for anybody that's listening that's wanting to go out there i have another question Mm -hmm. so i can get like a holiday in next door oh yeah if next door is 70 miles <laughs> so so me and you both experience that but yeah so what are what are our options if we if we go out there and what what would you recommend you can sleep in your trailer whether that's a you know a giant motorhome or whether that's a you know tandem axle trailer mm-hmm. 
You can rent cabins out there? Yep. So my first time I slept in the bed of my truck and froze my nuts off and that was that never again. So it is a desert, hot during the day, cold at night. So be prepared. But um, you can sleep in your truck. You can sleep in your trailers. You can sleep in your toy haulers and motorhomes. The track has been growing some of their amenities. So if you have a motorhome or toy hauler, there is power. Oh, limited spots, but there is power. Uh, And then uh, there's dry camping as well. So there is water there located at the track. There is a dump station at the track. So if you do have your motorhomes, toy haulers, whatever, uh, you can fill up with water. You can dump at the end so you don't hit the road smelling funny. They do have those cabins you're talking about, which those mm-hmm. are pretty awesome. Like I, uh, I still occasionally stay in them, even though I've got my, um, <clears throat> I've got my trailer set up or whatever. So I can't remember exact pricing on them. I think it's like 175 a night or something, which is basically like a hotel price anyways. And they're literally right out the front gate of the truck. Right. I do so, remember seeing them. It was like we were kind of weirded out. We're like, what you know, what's going on here? What did we what did dude, we miss nice. when we were there? Yeah, like if you haven't been inside one, like next time you're there, check it out because they're actually really nice. Uh showers, beds, pull out couches, so you can split it with a friend or whatever. They got like kind of available. kitchen stuff going on in there or yep. Yeah, they got a stove, an oven, okay. microwave, and then they have little like hibachi barbecues that if you're renting the cabins, uh you can just use like it doesn't cost you anything to use them they're just at the office okay. uh and then all the cabins individually have fire rings so that's kind of cool you do a little fire or whatever out there so, yeah it looked like when i was doing my research on it easton it looked like there's two different options there's a the cheaper option is you bring your own bedding and everything mm-hmm. and then yeah. there's a fully furnished option also okay yeah. Yeah. Bedding, bedding like beds or just no. sheets and what pillows and blankets and stuff yeah okay all right. Towels. Don't forget that. We're going to do go that route. Um, but if you choose not to go that route and you're going to like rough it, there is showers, there's bathrooms. So, you know, uh, I kind of go in between. I have a trailer with a little AC heater, kind of a cot setup that works well for me. My go truck wallet keeps it, uh, efficient and, uh, take showers, track, whatever. So it's not bad. So that's the other, the other question I guess I have is, uh, and I'm not sure how much you'll know on this, but Chuck Walla, yeah, it's it, to me it's been around forever because it's been around since I started riding motorcycles. Mm-hmm. I know it hasn't. I don't think it's like super old by any means. It's like ten or eleven or twelve years somewhere in that ballpark. Okay, super old. Um, but you know, you just mentioned they're growing. Mm-hmm. Is this something we expect to just kind of keep getting bigger and bigger? Or yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they're definitely expanding. Um, you know, as part of Chuck Walla currently. They have like a mini track or go-kart track. They've got a TT style flat track, dirt track mm-hmm. for okay. TTRs and stuff. Uh, and they are talking about expanding and adding either more track to like, to either like add as a, a separate configuration to, or a completely separate track. So these are plans. Um, the track in the last few years has gotten some new players involved uh ownership wise and they have contributed a lot to help bring the track around now that it was bad before but um just to kind of keep going up and up so i think part of the deal and this is sidebar but there's there it was on a huge chunk of property like there's a shooting range there's a landing strip uh for airplanes or whatever if you're balling like that uh but if you want to fly your bikes in you know yeah exactly uh (laughs) 
there's a few people that do this, even at Truckwalla, by the way, but um, there's not a good chunk of property. So I think they leased out a bunch of the property to the solar company. So there's a ton of solar panels out and around the track out there. It's in the middle of the desert, perfect spot for it. So I think they're making a lot of money back that way. And that's how the track continues to improve and advance. And then CVMA as an organization, um, it's a unique relationship, right? Because CVMA is Chuckwalla Valley Motorcycle Association. So you don't have, they don't have to rent the track from Chuckwalla. They are Chuckwalla, but it has different government leadership, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's part of the reason why it's so successful. But even CVMA has made changes over the last couple of years um, with the shootouts and purses and uh, some tech stuff and, you know, organized and you know our, our, our buddy cowboy is operations manager jay tanner race director so these guys are really pushing hard to build their professional organization and everybody who's on staff for cdma uh they're there because they want to be not because of the incentives trust me um you know we just make a difference in the world so uh that being said one last thing that i want to touch on just for everybody listening if you are along the world super sport or Moto America Super Sport, next gen, right? Mm-hmm. Gixxer yep. 750s and Bill Motor R6s and whatever else there is out there to play around with. Um, all these next gen bikes. So right now, I mean, if somebody's paying attention, they're not legal for club racing because there's no real club for that. Like These guys have to race up, which means they'd have to race with the 1,000cc bikes. And sure, the riders are definitely talented enough to do that, some of them at least, but it's, it's hard racing, depending on the track, going against 200 horsepower when you have 140 or whatever. So uh, but a lot of the organizations are prepared to properly uh, officiate those rules. And so CVMA is taking the first step. So we're the first ones uh, in the nation, uh, maybe, I don't know about the world, but uh, who are offering next-gen classes for super sports and middleweight. Partly because we have a lot of that Moto America traffic that comes to us in the wintertime, right? We kind of had that off of that. But we also don't want to shortchange the guys who are running stock. It's not fair to them to have to compete against a V2 that's you know, in the next bike or whatever. So we have scales. We have a way to regulate the electronics. Um, you know, we're, we're legit. So anybody listening out there want to race their next-gen V2s and Gixxer 750s or whatever, there's a home for you at CVMA. Oh yeah. Well, maybe I'll have to make my way down there then. Cause that, that has been one of my personal, like kind of questions, not for anyone else, but mostly for myself is just, I've been on a Gixxer 750 since I started and I love that bike, yeah. but I'm like, do I want to race with 1000s or do I need to drop down to a 600 or do I just need to bite the bullet and go up? So that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Now you can, you know, and like even, I mean, technically speaking, like with the Gixxer 750s to do next gen, it sucks because you got to spend 10 grand for the throttle body, like whatever, however much it is. But, uh, you know, we know people are looking into it. Yeah. So we have a list of every single one of those throttle bodies that's out there because they all come from the same place. So we know everybody's bought them. So it's easy for us. We don't have to pull a gas tank to check it. You know? And the reason why. Like some people, like you go to USBA, they don't look at tech like a bike being legal for anything. Like, you run what you brought. It doesn't matter. Like those guys out there running full blown super bikes, um, but they're not putting up any money. And so things change when you put up three grand for a win. Right? 
Agreed. I'm hoping the USBA and some of the other clubs follow suit because if you look at it, like CVMA, CRA, uh, I guess maybe AFM, yeah, AFM, uh, and a lot more other clubs I've seen, uh, MRM, Colorado, they all have some sort of incentive to racers financially, right? Like anything that we can do to make it easier on ourselves, you know, a little bit of a race win or podium cash out, whatever, like helps so hopefully we'll see some of those changes for usba too that would be cool that would be sweet yeah. what else we got on cvma how many people drive 70 miles to the holiday inn some <laughs> actually some some do so i've considered it once or twice i think we know what your plans are hey gotta man keep- i'm a platinum premium yeah, gold that's what i was gonna member. say you gotta keep the member points up dude <laughs> get the cabin i'm telling well, you are you coming solo or is wife coming too? My better half will be there. Good. Yeah. She's always there. Get the cabin, dude. I know, I know it's out of pocket, but like for 300 bucks or whatever for, you know, if you want to stay Thursday night in the holiday Inn and save one night and then come back Friday, Saturday, save the cabin, do it. Like, I think it's a cool experience. Get the firing, you're under the stars. You ain't got to drive that far. You can go back and forth and take showers and come back up for the festivities or whatever. It's, it's cool. I dig it. Cool. You could, well, I'm excited. could also get a motorhome, you know. How about Easton drives to CVMA with his motorhome, and we have a place to sleep in December? Yes, sir. Oof. Let me calculate uh, the fuel cost that I just spent driving to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the same drive. It's only like two and a half hours further. Yeah, I think it was actually. I looked it up when I got there. I think it was four total. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I. Um, this year, probably not, but, but next year he's going to be full fledged race license. Is that the deal? Probably not. Absolutely not. I've got, I have a very, very inconsistent work schedule that I cannot, uh, change. So yeah, got to play it where I can and racing is not in that schedule. Kind of a bummer. I'm excited for saying. Yeah. So, so like in, in two years and then he'll be old enough. We can make old jokes about him. True story. Yeah, I'll be 22. <laughs> <laughs> so old. 22. I'll be able to drink. I'll be dead before I can call you old. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's hey. what happens when you're actually old. Yeah. Anthony's bluffing. Don't fall for that 22. What, don't, let him get, don't let him get away with that. He ain't that damn young. <laughs> I'm not that I old no either. Idea. You look like you're 12. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, Why are you not no. laughing? No, he, he didn't think that was funny. Who, me? Sorry, I've got also other things happening. Yeah, he's yeah. got all kinds of responsibilities at the moment. Yeah, it's been a well, it's been a day. So, well, I apologize. All right, that. so closing we'll thoughts. Look. My thoughts are: I, I I wish I could be there with you guys. Good luck. Thank you. My, my thoughts are: we got to make another bet because I've oh, been told not God. to bring this up, but I think it's been long enough. You owe me dinner. I do. And uh, I plan on taking you to a really nice place in Phoenix, but I had seen when I couldn't make it, so I was super bummed. Yeah, I figured that it was you just trying to avoid the dinner part, so it's okay. I took it wholly personally. I only took it personally, um, but it's all right. I get it. You know, the only reason it didn't happen because my shit was broken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It ruined my perfect season. Like, well, was, oh, yeah, like, this guy beat this guy. And I'm like, dude, I won two out of three races with a, sh- with a fucking bike that was bouncing <laughs> off the ground. Okay. 
All right. You, if, you know, maybe. maybe have you, have can you tell it, it's, it's still too soon? <laughs> <laughs> it's still bitter. It's obviously still too soon, but. I'll be bitter until we go back next year. Just saying. That's but right. I do owe you dinner and I will pay up on that. <laughs> well, anyway, what, uh, just, you know, I like to get it on record. Uh, I think we, we put Lugnut on our own little personal pedestal at least. I mean, you've got the, the cabinet back there to kind of show that a little bit. Um, but what type of time are you trying to run? What's your goal for this year? Just so Dude, everyone honestly, knows what they get to come for. Uh, I, I have an uphill battle this round cause, uh, last round I went one forty five one on mm-hmm. new tires first round back and, and that was a PR. So that was really good. Uh, it was only by a couple tens, but the goal has been 44 last season and this season and last season that uh, a lot going on. I couldn't put it together, but damn to be that close. Like that's obviously the goal. So 29s in Utah, 44s this evening, 44, nine, I don't care. So I just want to see it. All right. So, so you guys know I don't drink, right? Yeah. Right. You guys know I don't drink. I have a bottle of Crown Royal in the kitchen, and it says Project Forty Four, and it go, it's been going on track with me for the last three hundred and eighty-seven days or something like that. And when it happens, I will have a drink of Crown. <laughs> All right. Oh so, man, are you okay? Okay, so now I have to think about this. Now I have to think about this because I, I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. But after that story, I don't know if I'm rooting for you to do that mid-December. It's one drink. Well, but that means for him, he's done the next day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you going to polish it off before me? <laughs> I can't crack the bottle and not finish it, but I'm not going to finish it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can help. Okay. I'm, I figured it out. We're back. We're rooting for yep. 144s. You and my you and my buddy Nick, uh, Nick Nevin, will, he hasn't even met Nick. He was supposed to come out to Utah, but great guy. Uh you guys will help me out with that one. Actually, I think my whole crew is a bunch of whiskey drinkers, so you may not have to do too much work. <laughs> all right. I like it. All right. Well, I think that's about all I had. Anyone got anything else? Thanks for having uh, me on again, guys. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for coming. Good talking to you. I miss you this off season. See, you know, know. I'm the only one in the frigid north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Hey, for it you. was in the it was in the fifties today. See, that's cold for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yesterday and today it's only been mid fifties, so it's been nice bad. and nice and cool. It's also rainy, so gross. All right, well, um, hey, you know, if you're still listening, thanks for listening. Make sure you go check out CVMA. Go follow Lugnut on uh, Instagram. Um, I don't know if you have any other shout outs you want to throw out there for yourself. Oh, we're good, man. Dunlop Tires, thanks a lot. Apex Stats, I mentioned it, and CVMA. Check it out. Some great action at CVMA. You guys talk about watching club racing, and uh, it's exciting stuff. So anybody out there in SoCal, Southwest area, come check us out. Yeah, yeah, and, and honestly, anywhere else in the country, if you need your, your winter motorcycle fix, that is the place to go get it. So, True story. Head down there and have a great time. All right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See you next time.